And the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. He was in the world, and the world was made through him, yet the world did not know him. He came to his own, and his own people did not receive him. But to all who did receive him, who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God, who were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. And so he did. And so that is what we celebrate this week. It's Christmas week, folks. Welcome. This is It's a Religion. This is Ehud, son of Dennis, coming to you live from the Middle West of the divided states of America to the Republic for which they stand, two nations under God, quite divided with liberty and justice for some. And we're here to encourage you in your faith, and if you do not have faith in the Lord God of the Bible and His Son, Jesus Christ, we are going to do everything we can to convince you that that is the absolute truth, and that is the way you should turn your faith and turn your belief and trust in the one who loves you, who loved you enough to come to this earth in the form of a man and die on a cross to save you. And we celebrate his birth this week. And it's amazing how many people will celebrate that this week without really understanding what it is that they're celebrating. And then we went to a thing last week called the Holiday Pops. And so many leftists and liberals, people who don't uh, want God in the picture on a daily basis, will still celebrate Christmas. They'll just try and cover it with different terminology. Holiday season, happy holidays. And I think they, you know, they do that because the New Year's holiday is there as well. So it's, it's an easy thing to do. But we hear it, it's a religion. We love truth. And the truth is, God created everything. Genesis 1.1, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. And we have eyewitness accounts of that. Adam and Eve were there. We don't need uh, some scientist telling us that you know the earth is billions of years old, and that's been disproven. And how they use circular reasoning to get to that conclusion. And so, when you put your faith in God, you can trust in what the Bible has to say. You don't need excuses. You don't need reasons for other things. You don't need to worry about what your colleagues think or anybody else thinks. It's written down. There were people there. At least I have eyewitness accounts of what occurred. It's that or a bowl of soup. I, I mean, it really is that simple. I just really came to that that realization recently. That when you break down the theory of evolution, it goes back to a bowl of soup. Rained on the rocks and all of a sudden life just sprang out of nowhere. With no help, no design, no purpose whatsoever. Isn't that great? Mother Nature. This infinite, wise, all-being something. You know, it still takes a belief in something. And that's what, you know, faith 
and evolution is a is a bigger step of faith it's a bigger leap of faith and i would would say that that uh that in and of itself the theory of evolution is a greater religious endeavor than eyewitness accounts for you know or somewhere around six thousand years ago and it's okay it's okay We can trust in that. We can trust in what God has given us because he's the one that made it. That's another thing that, that I really like about trusting in the Bible and what, what we have with God, with the Christian God. You know, when you look at other religions, other men that started these religions, you know, Buddha, Muhammad, these guys all died. John Smith died folks this idea of latter-day saints and changing what christ gave us two thousand years ago makes no sense but you know our jesus is at the right hand of god and he's coming back someday as it gets darker here i think it's more more and more likely that that light will shine all the brighter so we have that to to look forward to it's a beautiful thing so we're reading through the Bible, one chapter at a time. And again, I talked yesterday, I'll have to look forward a little bit once we get past the story of David uh, and into some of the prophetical stuff. Um, we may skip around a little bit and, and look at some different things. But um, Exodus chapter 3 is where we are at. We saw the creation. We saw uh, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob's families. Uh, and then Joseph going to Egypt and Jacob, who became Israel, traveling down to Egypt. And now the Egyptians have been in Israel for about 400 years, just like God told, uh, believe he told that to Jacob, Israel. So one day Moses was tending the flock of his father Jethro, the priest of Midian. And he led the flock far into the wilderness and came to Sinai, the mountain of God. And there the angel of the Lord appeared to him in a blazing fire from the middle of a bush. Moses stared in amazement. Though the bush was engulfed in flames, it did not burn up. This is amazing, Moses said to himself. Why isn't that bush burning up? I must go see it. When the Lord saw Moses coming to take a closer look, God called to him from the middle of the bush. Moses, Moses. Here I am, Moses replied. Do not come any closer, the Lord warned. Take off your sandals, for you are standing on holy ground. I am the God of your father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob. When Moses heard this, he covered his face because he was afraid to look at God. Then the Lord told him, I have certainly seen the oppression of my people in Egypt. I have heard their cries of distress because they're harsh slave drivers. Yes, I am aware of their suffering. So I have come down to rescue them from the power of the Egyptians and lead them out of Egypt into their own fertile and spacious land. It is a land flowing with milk and honey, a land where the Canaanites, Hittites, Amorites, Pizzites, Perizzites, Hivites, and Jebusites now live. Look, the cry of the people of Israel has reached me and I have see now harshly the egyptians abuse them hey going back to that last chapter did you see these different people groups right they're listed by lineage 
You know, Canaan was a guy, Hittite was a guy, Amorite was a guy, Perizzite was a guy, Hivite was a guy, and Jebusite was a guy. These are all people groups. They're not different races. I mean, I want to call it what it is, just like species versus kinds. God calls them kinds for a reason. Now go, for I am sending you to Pharaoh. You must lead my people, Israel, out of Egypt. But Moses protested to God, Who am I to appear before Pharaoh? Who am I to lead the people of Israel out of Egypt? God answered, I will be with you, and this is your sign that I am the one who has sent you. When you have brought the people out of Egypt, you will worship God at this very mountain. But Moses protested, If I go to the people of Israel and tell them the God of your ancestors has sent me to you, they will ask me, What is his name? And what should I tell them? God replied to Moses, I am who I am. Say this to the people of Israel, I am has sent you. What a great thing. He just is. God also said to Moses, say this to the people of Israel, Yahweh, the God of your ancestors, the God of Abraham, the God of Egypt, the God of Jacob has sent me to you. This is my eternal name, my name to remember for all generations. Now, go and call together all the elders of Israel and tell them, Yahweh, the God of your ancestors, the God of Abraham. Hmm. Sorry, I was just looking at the difference between the NLT and the King James slash uh, New King James. The Lord God of your fathers, the God of Abraham, God of Isaac, God of Jacob, appeared to be saying, I have surely visited you and seen what is done to you in Egypt. And I have said, I will bring you up out of the affliction of Egypt under the land of the Canaanites, the Hittites, and the Amorites, and the Perizzites, and the Hivites, and the Jebusites into a land flowing with milk and honey. And they shall hearken to your voice, and you shall come, you and the elders of Israel, under the king of Egypt. And you shall say unto him, The Lord God of the Hebrews has met with us. Now let us go, we beseech thee, three days journey to the wilderness, that we may sacrifice to the Lord our God. But I know the king of Egypt will not let you go unless a mighty hand forces him. So I will raise my hand and strike the Egyptians, performing all kinds of wonders in the midst of them. Then at last he will let you go. And I will cause the Egyptians to look favorably upon you, and they will give you gifts when you go, so you will not leave empty-handed. Every Israelite woman will ask for articles of silver and gold and fine clothing for her Egyptian neighbors and from the foreign women in their houses, and you will dress your sons and daughters with these, stripping the Egyptians of their wealth. So God's really taking it out on the Egyptians for putting his people in bondage. And when we look at this in its totality, um, we, I, I really believe it's a symbol of our own sin. The bondage that we have you know, Egypt represents the world. And sin is the bondage we have in the world while we're in the world, in this body of sin and death, as Paul calls it. And we need a Savior. 
And here God comes to release the people from their bondage by these great wonders that he's going to do. And in Christ's sake, it's the wonder of grace and mercy and his love toward us. And he went to the cross. Here God doesn't go to the cross, but he basically overcomes the evil that's put his people in bondage. Christ did it to sin. God did it to the Egyptians in bondage, the bondage that they had Israel in. And it's really a, a, just a neat thing. And I, you know, you can see how it works in the economy of God and the creation of God to help us in the greatest need that we have, which is to overcome our sin so that we can be with the Holy God someday. And we can't do it on our own. So, Lord God Almighty, thank you for a new day, a new week, for the week of Christmas, where we celebrate our Lord Jesus coming to this earth. I pray many, many people would come to you this week and turn and repent from their sin and put their trust and faith in the one true God. Jesus' name. Have a great day, everybody. Dressed in holiday style In the air there's a feeling of Christmas Children laughing, people passing Meeting smile after smile And on every street corner you hear Silver bells Silver bells